0: Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Medder, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, welcome to episode 76 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And uh, uh, this is Christmas time, and no better time for you to let people know to be listening to our podcast. Invite them to listen, Facebook, Twitter, text, on the gram, or whatever you use. Uh, Just keep the buzz going and let everybody know so that we can uh, continue to help them connect the relevant parts of our life with the truth of the Bible. Well, we have been saying this for a few weeks, Pastor, but Christmas is really upon us now.
1: We've just got a few days, don't we?
0: And that's right, just a few days, and uh, we've talked about two unique accounts of the birth of Christ, and we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to use John 1. I think mm-hmm. people probably don't use that a lot when they talk about the birth of Christ, but uh, certainly it's one thing that we can yeah. use. So yeah. uh, uh, let's do that today and talk about John 1. Yeah,
1: we're going to look at John 1 and the unique features of the Christmas story from John's Gospel, even though John's Gospel doesn't really give us a Christmas story.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But it's a good passage for Christmas. Yeah,
0: it is. It really is. So it's
1: going to be good to kind of walk through that. So what are your plans this week, Pops? What are you going to do for Christmas? Uh, For Christmas,
0: I'm coming to this. This church has a Christmas Eve service that I'm going to. Yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, they have two. Two And I'm going to both. I just can't get enough. Did you make your reservation
1: for the 430?
0: I have not because I'm not. I'm just going to be out in the lobby. But anyway, (laughs) uh, I'm guest services guy. But anyway, um, yeah. So we're doing that. And then the kids will come in on the 24th. And uh, they'll be with us that night, which is cool. And then uh, anyway, it's going, going So when you seminary. say the
1: kids who's coming. It'll be,
0: it'll be, it'll be both of my daughters. Okay. And then one of my sons, the ones okay. that's in seminary. So
1: Avi and his family are the only ones not yeah, making they, it.
0: They're still kind of hold up there in quarantine in Boston. And anyway, soon we'll see them. That's so, a lot of people in your house. Uh, well, we're, we're, we're farming some people out. You're farming some people
1: out, <laughs> yeah. Hotels, we'll, and
0: yeah. We got six. My my son has six in his family, so that's just uh, beyond that's, the pale. So we have,
1: to. yeah. That's a lot of people in any house.
0: <laughs> exactly. So the two girls with their kids are going to be in our house, and then we'll farm. So out how many Ben's total family. is that
1: with the with all the grandkids and?
0: Let's see here. That's going to be six, ten, thirteen, plus Kelly and I, fifteen. Wow. <laughs> wow and and then my mom and dad will be there for christmas dinner and all that stuff but you're
1: gonna gonna have christmas dinner at your house oh
0: yeah oh yeah that's a
1: lot of people in a house period whether they're staying the night or not i agree
0: but you know it's what we do and we're trying to actually do a little bit of remodeling in the new year so we'll see how that works out but wow uh, wow open up some space for ourselves Mm
1: -hmm. so well we're here we're not going anywhere i don't think
0: yeah we're we're staying here we're here for the we're here for the holidays we're supposed
1: to go to new orleans at christmas that's what we Mm -hmm. do but because of covid i don't i don't know we're still debating yeah, we, yeah. we were debating it even last night. We kind of made the decision not to go because of just, you know, the possibilities of, you know, giving oh, yeah. COVID to stacy's parents who were in their 80s. And then we got thinking last night, well, maybe we should go. It's just, it's hard because, you know, we oh, haven't boy. seen her parents in a year. And that's tough. It's tough on my wife. It's tough on her parents. It's tough on my boys. They want to see their grandparents. i are trying to figure it out. Won't be safe, but want to go see them. So I don't know, man. It's
0: wild. It's the same with us in the New Orleans situation. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're heavily quarantined yeah, as well. It's, it's and been a and bit so we more have not seen, there. Yeah, you know, we've not seen Ben for over a year. So Yeah,
1: it's wild. So anyway, we'll see what happens for this Christmas. But hey, let me ask you this question as we get started. What does it feel like to sit across from the champ?
0: <laughs> I have gotta tell you, it is an honor. It is an honor. It, it is an honor. You I'm, are in the presence have, of greatness this I morning. I thought about this with I talked about this. So here's the deal. I have never known anyone to actually win a Christmas lights competition. Not personally. I've heard about You've it. You've heard about it. I've just never, I've just never known anyone. And now I do. Now you do. You it's are incredible. sitting
1: across from the champ. If you're listening and you don't know this, I won my neighborhood Christmas decorating contest. My house was the brightest in the neighborhood. It's awesome. And, and that's no small
0: feat. That's no small feat. Uh, this is not some little teeny little subdivision no, here. This no, that's a big subdivision yeah.
1: and big houses. And, yeah, so I'm already making plans for next year, how we're going <laughs> to repeat the championship. I need some more light. I've got, you know, more we have, lights, Yeah, huh? we, we have this big two-story house, and and um, we have a top dormer on the, the top of the house, and it's I need a 40-foot ladder to get up there. Oh, and, and then be not, careful, not only do I, bro. And yeah, not only do I need a 40-foot ladder, I need the courage to get up there, and I don't know if I have – the courage to climb a 40-foot ladder <laughs> and, and get up you. there you need man. to
0: you need to figure out how to make use your drone to get the things and right 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 up there. i mean i
1: could be like some in my neighborhood who cheat and hire it out uh, but i'm that, not having professionals come and do that that's not fair but i beat the professionals wow i you, beat all the professionals you were the man I, you right must say, right so you were the man and they brought my prize last night oh what was it a hundred dollar gift card hundred dollar Visa gift card. So I mean, this is for real. I got a for this real is not gift just card. A no, 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 no. They brought me a hundred dollar Visa gift card. Isn't that
0: awesome, <laughs> man? And Visa, you can use it anywhere. Yeah,
1: yeah. So when we started decorating, I didn't even know there was a competition. And then they sent out a you know HOA HOA email that we're gonna have this competition. Like, man, that's great. And they said there were gonna be gift cards involved. I thought like you know twenty five dollar yeah, gift sure. card to Starbucks or something. But they brought a hundred dollar Visa that's gift amazing. card. Isn't that cool? That is amazing. It's all going to Christmas lights. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep it fueled man keep, right? the, keep it fueled right All right, let's get serious what are we right, talking uh,
0: we're talking about.' as we said at the, uh, the beginning, we're going to talk about some unique features of the Christmas story from John's Gospel. And the first thing we find out in John chapter one is that Jesus is God.
1: Okay. So here's why we are looking at John's gospel. What we've done over the last couple of weeks is we've talked about the differences between the the Christmas story in Matthew's gospel Mm -hmm. and in Luke's gospel. Mm -hmm. Same story, just two perspectives. We've got to keep that in mind. It is the same story. There was one historic event that happened in Bethlehem 2000 years ago. Jesus was born, but Matthew and Luke, they just give us different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Now we think about John's gospel. John who is a disciple of Jesus. He's one of the apostles and in in this gospel, he identifies himself as the beloved disciple. John is the one who would eventually write uh, the book of Revelation. And he would be on the Isle of Patmos. And so when he writes this gospel, he writes it, you know, a, a bit later than what Matthew, Mark, mm-hmm. and Luke wrote. And so when we talk about John's gospel, we don't call it a synoptic gospel. We use that word synoptic. That word synoptic, it, it literally means to see together. That when Matthew, Mark, and Luke wrote their gospels, they're, they're very similar. In fact, you can read their gospels and you can read verses that are pretty much verbatim mm-hmm. uh, because they were they were sharing their sources. And so, so some believe that Mark was the first gospel written and then Matthew and Luke, came along and, and brought their unique perspective, but used Mark's gospel, for example, as a source. Others believe that there maybe was another source that all three gospel writers drew from as they were, I mean, obviously they had their own material, but there was a, another, maybe a Hebrew source or whatever the case may be that, that they were drawing from. We, we really just don't mm-hmm. know because yeah. we weren't there, but but there's some commonalities there that, you know, help us understand that they were all drawn from something that's similar, Where they were drawing from Mark or whatever. Uh, John, however, is unique in his gospel. Yes. So a little bit later. And so he has a, a different um, perspective and he has uh, a kind of a, a similar goal as to what Luke has. Um, you know, he is a, a, it's a universal gospel mm-hmm. that, that John wants us to know that Jesus is the savior of the world. And and you, when you get to the end of the gospel, he tells us his purpose. He says, I write these things that you might believe. believe, right? That Jesus is a son of God. And so, so it's a really unique gospel. And we studied some of John's gospel on Sunday morning, um, you know, last month, we mm-hmm. were working through the seven I am statements in the gospel of John. Um, and so we, we looked at that. That was unique. There are some other unique features about the, the number seven seems to be a big deal for John, right? You have the seven, uh, I am statements. You have the, the seven signs, seven, mm-hmm, miracles seven miracles that John yeah. does. And so, so John really wants us to show us that, man, Jesus is it, right? Mm-hmm. This number seven, we talked about that when we looked at Matthew's gospel, how that's a significant number, uh, fullness, completion, kind of the number of God, if you will. Uh, so, you know, it's just a unique gospel. And, and so John, and, and I guess maybe because he would have been familiar with Matthew and Luke's gospel and Mark's gospel for that matter, he doesn't feel the need to repeat the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's already been established. Right. Now all four Gospels, we talked about this last time. All four Gospels tell us about John the Baptist. Right. right? All four Gospels tells us about the, the baptism of Jesus. So so Matthew and not excuse me, Mark and John, they start there. When they get into the actual narrative, the story, that's where they start. Mm-hmm. But before John gets there, he starts with this introduction, this this prologue, if you will. And what's interesting about this prologue is that it does kind of establish some themes that are going to repeat themselves throughout the rest of the book. And it's really interesting. And, and if you read the, and you when I, as soon as I read this verse, if you're listening, you're probably going to be familiar with mm-hmm. it. It's very familiar. And yes. when you read it, it, it sounds like the beginning of the Bible. It does. Right. Because John says in the beginning was the word in the beginning. And that's how the Bible opens right in the beginning. And so what John wants us to know at the outset is, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And so when, when, john uses the word word he's using that word to refer to jesus Mm -hmm. and so there's a couple things that are really important at the beginning of john's gospel one is that um jesus obviously is god in the beginning was word word was with god word was god right so jesus is god and since he is god what john wants us to know is that he's eternal Mm. that he's always been in existence there's never a time when jesus has not existed you know, um, He had no
0: beginning, in other words.
1: No beginning, no end. He is forever, yes. right? And so, yes. so our Jehovah Witnesses friends would disagree with us. They would say that Jesus was a created being. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you were to read a Jehovah Witness translation of the New Testament, they take this verse and they actually just rewrite it in a mm-hmm. sense yeah. to, to make it fit their theology. But John, I mean, he's he wants us to be very clear that, man, Jesus is God. He's not a created being. He's not... He's not just a man. He is God. He's been around forever. Paul's going to go so far to say in Colossians 1 that, you know, all things were made through him and for him and by him. Without him, nothing was made. Um, and, and so you, you, Paul's going to give us that. Well, well, John says that, but Paul's going to say something very similar in Colossians chapter one when he's talking about, you know, Jesus as God, the one who's always been in existence, who is the creator of the world. So that's pretty interesting. But then you have this idea of where, where John says Jesus is the word. mm now, many of us we have a church background, so we've heard this verse a lot over and over again. Yeah, but what does it mean? Do we know what it means that Jesus is the Word? Why do you think Trey that John would choose to call Jesus the Word?
0: I mean, to, for me, he is the he is the everything that is the revelation that is revelation. shown for, forth in Jesus Christ. Yeah, and um, and this concept of the Logos, the mm-hmm. Word, yeah. was uh, you know was was a very radical position yeah, to take yeah, actually yeah. because you know I think the Jews, I know the Jews you know they held they held the word, especially the first five books of the Bible, up almost uh, and venerated it yeah. very much so yeah and so now to say, oh, Jesus is the word he's, yeah. he's, he's more than that is right like right shocking. so when
1: we think about the word in the context of the Bible, this idea of word is revelation. Mm. When we think about the idea of revelation, all revelation means is to reveal, mm-hmm. right? When we think about the last book of the Bible, title revelation, right? Mm-hmm. That word revelation is just revealing, revealing mm-hmm. God's plan, in yes. the book of revelation, how he's going to bring all things to a culmination, at the return of Christ. So the word revelation means to reveal. That's not a word we use a lot, right? In everyday what we're
0: talking about. In types right? But right. It's so but, much but it's, more than it, that. Yeah,
1: revelation is just to reveal, and so, yeah. so the whole Bible is the revelation of God, mm. right? The entire Bible is revealing God to us, and so this idea of word, when I when I explain it to people, I, I just try to put it as simple as possible. So, Trey, how do you best get to know somebody?
0: By what they what they say, I, conversation, they say.
1: yeah, word. I mean, you and I, you know, we can sit across a table and look at each other for hours on end <laughs> and not say a word, and then we walk away from that table not really knowing each other.
0: Maybe describe you, but that was I a can, I, yeah, I can
1: tell, tell you what you look like, but that's about it, mm-hmm. right? The way that you get to know someone is through the word, mm-hmm. through your words, because words reveal. Words reveal character. Words reveal what's in the heart. Words reveal, you know, what you think. Words reveal who you are. Words are important because words... Reveal, mm-hmm. God reveals His Word is important, right? Now, now here we have this passage in John chapter one. Jesus is the Word. You talked about how the Old Testament, the Law, for example, that was the revelation of God. Here's what God desires from His people. Now Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God. He mm. is it, right? Exactly. So you think about what uh, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter one, that that in the former times God spoke to us through the prophets and And but in these final days, in these last days, God has spoken to us through his son, right? That Jesus is the word. He is the ultimate revelation of God. He's it. He's it. And so if Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God, then everything finds its meaning and purpose and significance in him. Mm, Amen. And when you think about the old testament, it points to him, right? He is the fulfillment of it. And when we think about the New Testament, the New Testament shows us how to live in light of the revealed word, Jesus Christ. So he is the word. He's eternal. He's God. He's always been right. Mm-hmm. And he is the revelation Amen. of God.
0: Well, Jesus is God, but he's also Jesus is the light. Yeah.
1: So this is interesting. So again, you've got this language that sounds similar to the book of Genesis, mm-hmm. because in the beginning, God said, let, let there, there be, be light light. Yeah. So so, when you think about the opening pages of Genesis, you think about chaos, right? Darkness and, um, and 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 in a lot of ways, that's what darkness represents. It represents chaos. What is darkness, Trey? The
0: absence of light. The
1: absence of light. We oftentimes think of darkness as the opposite of light. In a sense, it is. But darkness is the absence of light. And when you shine light into the darkness, what happens?
0: It uh, the pierces darkness it, goes away. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. And so so Jesus is. The light. So you think about, you know, this, this, this chaotic time before the birth of Jesus Christ, all that was going on in, in uh, the Jewish world, and, you know, how over the years they had had so much oppression. And it was a dark, chaotic time. And, and dark and chaotic because of, of their own sinfulness as well. And so you have this dark and chaotic time. And into the darkness was born a baby, mm. Jesus. The light of the world. And so what's going to happen in John's gospel is, is light is going to be a theme. We looked at this when we looked at the I am statements where, where Jesus talked about being the light of the world, right? And so, mm-hmm. so you know, these, 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 um, these themes of light throughout John's gospel just to remind us that, man, he has come to push oh, back the darkness. So we can see clearly, because this is what darkness does, right? Or excuse me, this is what light does. Um, uh, light exposes, mm-hmm. right? What does light expose, well, in, in in a spiritual sense, light exposes what sin exposes sin. It, it exposes evil. It exposes what's contrary to God's will. Yes. And so, this is what Jesus does. He exposes our sinfulness. Right? We, we we know what sin is because Jesus shines the light on those dark places in our life where we are living um, against the nature and will of God. So, light it, exposes. But what what else does light do? Uh,
0: light illuminates.
1: It illuminates. It guides. Right, we mm-hmm. need we need the light to see where we're going. Yeah, and so Jesus shows us, I am the way. Right, mm-hmm. look look to me. I am the light of the world. Look to me. You can see clearly now the will of God, what He desires for you, the direction you need to go, because I am the light. And so so Jesus is the light. So so John wants us to know that Jesus is God and Jesus is the light. Mm. Now again, and I, I didn't mention this, but we need to talk about this in just a second. The fact that Jesus is God is significant. Why? I mean, this is central to the Christian faith, that that we believe that Jesus was man, mm-hmm. but he's more than a man. He's the God-man. Why is it so important that Jesus is God?
0: If Jesus wasn't God, then, I mean, it- uh, then he couldn't die for the sins of the world, for one thing. Yeah, mean, if he, Jesus, he had to be perfect. Right. He had to be sinless. If Jesus he had to was be...
1: not God, he could not accomplish what he accomplished. Yeah. If Jesus was not God, he could not have lived a perfect life. Mm. He would have sinned. Had to be. Right? So so that divine nature of Jesus is what enabled him to accomplish the will of the Father. He never sinned because he was God. He was perfect in every way because he was God. There's not a human being that's perfect. Unless that human being is the God man.
0: And that also goes back to the impact of the virgin birth. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We talked about that last week. That's
1: exactly right. And I mean, he rose from the dead. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't raise yourself from the dead if you're not God. Exactly, because right? You're dead, and so so uh, the deity of Christ is central. And and you think about it, Matthew, Luke, and John want us to know from the outset of the go- of the Gospels and and Mark too. But I'm talking about Matthew and Luke because they give us that birth narrative. Uh, they want us to know that man Jesus is God. He mm-hmm. is God. Incarnate. He is God who is the light of the world. Now, I want to show you something, Trey, real quick. Please. Uh, you look at verses, because these verses are really, really central to the gospel, or to this opening um, chapter. Look at what it says in um, verse 11. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent, Or of the will of the flesh, but of the will of nor of the will of man, but of God. So that really is the central passage uh, in this chapter: that that because we know who He is, that He is the Light of the world, He is God, we can believe. We can believe, and through that belief, we can become children of God. Now, in this passage, he does mention John the Baptist. Did you see that? We didn't read it, but you, if you look in the passage, he says in verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And,
0: he, and it's early on that he yeah, establishes so, this. So why does he
1: talk about John the Baptist at the beginning of this chapter?
0: Uh, I I don't know. Go ahead. And I, I know why, but uh, let's say that uh, he was the one that was supposed to declare uh, the Messiah's coming. Right. So
1: John the Baptist prepares the way of the Lord. We're going to see that in this gospel. We see it in the other gospels as well. He preaches that message of repentance. But what did John the Baptist have? He had some of the same things that Jesus had. What did What did John the Baptist have?
0: What did he have? He had, followers. A, mir- he had a miraculous birth. Well,
1: we looked at that, but he also had followers. Oh, followers. He had disciples, Okay, right? I'll go with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think about this. And so, so when John writes his gospel— he wants people to know, I know John, I know he was popular. And John, you know, he pointed people to Jesus, obviously. He said, there's one coming after me that is greater than me. I must decrease and he must increase. But, but he had followers. Mm-hmm. And, and they
0: find him in the book of
1: Acts. Yeah, And then absolutely. they have to kind of absolutely. explain to him yeah, what happened. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. So
0: you think there was maybe some of that still going on? Maybe or? so.
1: And, and so maybe at the outset of John's gospel, he's wanting to know, hey, John is not it. Jesus yeah. is. John prepared the way. He's not the light. He just pointed to the light. And so maybe at the outset, uh, you know, John, the apostle mentions John the Baptist because he wants them to be reminded that John wasn't it. Mm. He was important. Jesus said he was hugely important. There wasn't anybody ever born like John the Baptist, but he's not it. Right. And mm. so, so believe in God incarnate Jesus, the one who is light, believe in him and, and notice what he says. He says, he came into his own, and his own did not receive him. Yeah, mm. that's significant, isn't it?
0: It is very significant to think that his own people yeah. rejected who rejected him completely, yeah. and he came for them.
1: Which yeah. is, it's sad. So you think and, about the, the and horrifying the Jewish, Jewish people of that time. day. The Jewish people of that day that rejected Christ. I mean, they were the ones. They were the ones who were supposed to be called children of God, but because of the rejection of the Messiah, they weren't. Mm. So now the ones who are called children of God are who? Anyone who believes that Jesus is God, the light of the world. Now, one more thing here. we got to finish this up, but you've got all this going on, and we're just kind of skimming the surface. We could talk for hours about this passage. There's so much here, right?
0: More than enough. Yeah, yeah, so you, but you, you
1: have a couple more statements you need to look at. So verse 14, so we said in the first couple of verses that, you know, John is laying down the reality that Jesus is God, right? He's God. He's the light. He's the light. And he's glorious. Jesus is glorious. That's the third unique feature of this gospel, that Jesus is glorious. Now, look what he says, though. Verse 14, the word became flesh Mm. and dwelt among us. So we talked about, you know, the divinity of Jesus, that he is God. And John wants us to know that. Now he's talking about the humanity of Jesus. Mm. This is... All right? there's no one who's ever lived that's both fully God and fully man. But but that is central to the Christian faith that we believe that Jesus is both man and God fully. Right, not part God, part man, like half and half come together, hundred percent God, hundred percent man. Right. Mm-hmm. So why is the humanity of Jesus so important? Why do we why why is this so central to the Christian faith and our understanding of who Jesus is?
0: Well, if he wasn't if he wasn't man, then he could not have suffered in the way that we that we have suffered. He could not have understood the temptations of sin. He could not yeah. have understood the tempt the the flesh yeah. and and all those things that we deal with on a continuing and ongoing basis. And besides that, uh, he had to die. Yeah, yeah. So, so God can't die. Yeah, but man can.
1: So, for our sin to be paid for, it required a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. A sacrifice from someone who was like us, mm-hmm. because in Hebrews, right, the writer of Hebrews says what that that um, the blood of bulls and goats can never cleanse us of our sins. There had to be someone, a representative of humanity, right? There had to be a human that was able to take the punishment of our sins upon himself, and the only one who was able to do that was the God Man, the mm. one who is fully God and at the same time fully human. So he had to be, in order to pay the sacrifice, in order to um, you know, atone for our sins, Jesus had to be both fully God and fully human. And so John wants us to know, man, this is really, really good, right? Because in the very first chapter of his gospel, he's God, he's human. The Word became flesh and dwelt well, among us. Place. Now, this is really, really interesting. So what's that word dwelt mean, Trey? Why is that word dwelt so significant? It's the idea of
0: taking up residence.
1: Taking up residence, yeah. right? And so so it's the idea of tabernacle. Mm-hmm. that Back in the Old Testament, the tabernacle and then the temple. Uh, you know, When you thought about the tabernacle or temple, you thought about the presence of God. Yes, the presence always. and glory of God resided in the tabernacle. And then later, when the temple was built, in the temple. And now John's saying, no, 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 no. The presence and glory of God resides in Christ, mm. in Jesus, in the God-man. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then he goes on to say, we observed his glory as the glory, as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So full of grace and truth, right? That, that in Christ, he is the embodiment. He is truth, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus is truth. And at the same time, he's grace, right? That, that we see truth in Christ and the truth is, of Christ is that He graciously extends this invitation for us to come to Him by faith, uh, in spite of who we are and what we've done. Right? Mm-hmm. So He's grace and truth. But John says, "So interesting. We have seen His glory." What does He mean? One, one Trey. What's what's the word "glory" mean?
0: The word "glory" is the yeah. the presence of God. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the Old Testament term is Shekinah glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That uh, you knew that you had been in His presence. Yeah.
1: So when we think about that word "glory," that word "glory" it, may, it literally means like weight or to be heavy. Right. Really? I yeah, did yeah, not yeah. So that. weight or heaviness. And so you think about God, there's nothing heavier than God, right? So so when we ascribe glory to something, we're recognizing the weightiness of it, the, the significance. So this idea of God is glorious, He's all glorious. There's nothing weightier or more significant than God. Now, this is probably when, when John says we have seen his glory, this is probably a throwback to Exodus, right? That when you remember when Moses oh, yeah. was on Mount Sinai? Said, let me see you. Let me see your glory. Yeah. yeah. Right? And God said, Nope, you can't. You can't you, see. You'll it. die. I'm so glorious and you're so sinful. If you see my glory, you'll die. Mm. But I'll tell you what, I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock and when I, I'll pass by with all my glory unless you see my backside. <laughs> right? And then after Moses saw God's backside, what happened to Moses? He glowed. He radiated yes. the glory of God just by seeing God's backside. He came off the mountain. They had to cover his face with a veil because that was probably weird. I wonder what that would look like. <laughs> that would have been i have to strange, check the DVR man. when we get to heaven because that's kind of weird. <laughs> huh? it, that
0: would have been, have been like uh, X-Files stuff yeah, there. Yeah, so. that's, that's,
1: that's wild. <laughs> but, but, but the idea, right, that he could not see the full glory of God yeah. because we did, that he would die. this is so interesting. John says, I saw it. Mm. Wow. Moses didn't see it, but I saw it. I saw it in the face of Jesus. Mm. He saw it in, in the miracles of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus. He saw it. Think about this, Trey. John got to have an experience with two other disciples that no one else got to experience. James, Peter, and John got to go to a mountain and mm-hmm. see Jesus transfigured before them. He got wow. to see the glory. And who was there at the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses James? was there. Yeah, Moses and Elijah. Elijah. Mm-hmm. So you think back to Exodus, right? Moses said, let me see your glory. He didn't get to see it. Mm. Not the full glory anyway, but there on, on a, there on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses saw it. Yeah, he did. Along with Peter, James, and John, right? We have seen his glory. We've seen the significance of God in Christ, the weightiness of God in Christ. The Transfiguration was glorious, right? And, 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 and I bet as John reflects on um, Jesus' life when he writes his gospel, The crucifixion, as bloody and as terrible as it was, it was glorious as well because that's where our sin was paid for. Mm. And the resurrection certainly was glorious. John can say we've seen his glory because of everything he experienced with Jesus. Not only the transfiguration, as glorious as that was, but the death and the resurrection. He saw the glory of Mm. God. He saw the glory of God in Jesus. We have seen his glory. Amen. Uh, We're going to talk about this, and I'm giving you kind of a preview for. The Thursday night Christmas Eve service, if you're you're here at at Northwood, or if you watch us online, but just this idea of of John seeing the glory of Jesus, but think about Mary. She held glory in her arms (sighs) on that first Christmas morning. What about the weightiness of that? Yeah, think about that. Right, this thing that Moses longs for, Mm. glory. Mary gets to hold it in her arms, and John gets to experience it as he sees his transfigured Lord, as he sees his Lord crucified, as he sees his Lord raised from the dead, glory. What mm. everybody in the Old Testament longed for, the glory of God, to be in the presence of God. you know and, and for in the Old Testament, this idea of tabernacle, temple, that's where you went to experience it. Now, John says, no, it, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen the glory of God in Jesus. What Moses could not see, we saw, mm. we experienced. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, Pastor, this has been a great refresher, and it really got me thinking about things I hadn't thought about in a long time, so I appreciate it. Yeah, and again, we know this
1: this is different than Matthew and Luke. Mm -hmm. I mean, John's not giving us the Christmas narrative, Mm -hmm. but you can see when you read through these first few verses of John's gospel why this is so significant to help us to understand the Christmas story and why God became flesh for us. This is a powerful Christmas passage. Amen.
0: Amen. All right, Pastor. Well, uh, as we uh, continue in the Christmas spirit, I uh, just uh, want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, as I know you do. But uh, why don't you close us out? And uh, we got some good things coming up in the in the uh, new in year the in between, and then yeah, in the new year. Yeah, that's
1: right. That's right. We hope that today has been helpful for you and encouraged you as you uh, uh, celebrate Christmas this this week. And we hope and pray that your Christmas be Christ centered and Christ exalting. And in spite of all the COVID stuff going on that you'd remember the real reason for the season. So God bless you this Christmas, and we hope that you'll um, uh, subscribe to this podcast so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. And we hope that you'll share this with a friend and leave us a five-star review. That always helps. And we hope, as always, that today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.